I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to, or welcome back to part three of the Stompcast. Um, our ears haven't fallen off. How's your ears? Can you feel ears them? are actually not bad. I can still feel them. You can but feel I'm, them. I, my, my fingers are a bit more a bit frozen, but that's in okay. In a dire state. You are really we're committed. We're having some good well, chats. We're, we're, you're, you're committed to the stomp and the stomping. Do, yeah. do you enjoy it? Are you, are you a man who enjoys a good stomp? It's really fun. Yeah, I've never done a walking podcast before, a stomping podcast, but this is actually way more fun than sitting across a desk. <laughs> you know, I had uh, Rongan Chatterjee, uh, yeah. who you'll know, on the, on the stompcast a few weeks ago, and he said it's his, his favourite podcast he's ever done because he was outside, he was really stressed, he came to the podcast feeling stressed, I think he's done some building stuff at home, yeah. he did the stompcast, and he said, I just feel so good, I've been outside moving, I've had my exercise time, and I just feel great, so Man. I quite enjoy it because generally, you know, I'd like to think that everyone's come on as left feeling like... You know, you've been outside and yeah. you've kind of dumped a lot of stuff off your chest. You Absolutely. share a lot of wisdom and you feel good about it, hopefully. Great use of time. Let's talk then about um, an important topic, I believe, um, and that's how productivity relates to your personal life. Because we, when you hear the word productivity, you think of exams, studying, uh, business success and so on. What does productivity mean in terms of your own personal life. What is that, what is that yeah. connection there? Yeah, so broadly, I, de- I define productivity quite holistically. I define productivity as using your time well. <laughs> using your, and well meaning like using your time in a way that's intentional, effective, and enjoyable. Now, when it comes to work, sure, let's be intentional, effective, and enjoyable about our work. Let's figure out what we want, figure out the most effective ways to get there, be intentional about it, have fun along the way, You're and all that fun stuff. That by some I don't know if they like the Stompcast or not. They love the Stompcast. They love it. Yeah. Actually, they're having they're a fight. They're actually fighting with some pigeons, I believe. Oh that's a great thing. That's one thing I will say. You never know what's going to happen on the Stompcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'll get all sorts. Sorry, you were oh, saying some horses so. there as well. And horses. We're about to get arrested by some police yeah. officers now. So productivity, yes, it can apply to work, but it can also apply to our personal life. So it can apply to health and it can, it can apply to relationships. It can even apply to fun and joy and all of the other things that make up real life. Um, so... I think a lot about productivity when it comes to relationships in particular. Uh, oh, yeah, sorry, apologies. Sorry, I didn't know you were going to. I might be. He's a famous doctor as well, though. He's more famous. Yeah, Alex, He's the one yeah, of Love Island. Don't say that. It's been six years now. Say again, sorry. I'm not drinking. It's been not a drop in 2023. Still not drinking. Thank you. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. It's this podcast. We're recording the Stompcast, which is my podcast. We've got, we're, so we've got, well, we're literally recording now, we've got some, some wonderful, you're, you're police officers, right? So, you're, so, so what do you, what's your title, would you say, to the mounted, mounted police officers? And, and you're patrolling here in Hyde Park, is that right? Or is it exercise? Well, we're just on our way to Portobello Road, because it's yeah. a high crime area. I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, yeah, hopefully have some good results there. And the horses are stompers as well, I see. They like getting outside. They're very good at getting people to engage with us. I'd say so, yes. I can imagine. People don't like to talk to us, and they always like to come and see the horses. Yeah, well, thank you for the work that you're doing. It's amazing. You look after us. 
No, not at all. You, you have a fantastic day. You definitely listen. I can tell you these are very big horses, guys, in the stomp cast. Have a good day. You take care of yourself. They are beautiful things, aren't they? You just, when you see a horse, you do realise, like, if you were a naughty crook, you really would behave if that was telling you what to do, wouldn't you? Size them. I oh, bless them. Okay, let me just reattach. That's what I said, though, isn't it? On the stomp cast, yeah. you never know what's going to happen. To you. We've had all sorts of things. I can tell you that for sure. Yes, uh, productivity. productivity. From horses to productivity. From horses what to productivity. Day. Productivity in your personal life. Yeah, yes. so I think about it a lot when it comes to relationships. Um, yeah, how do you think about productivity in personal life? Yes, um, I think, so, I mean, kind of how you said about, you know, productivity in, in just doing what you want to do and using your time effectively. I think in your personal life, I think for me, it's making sure that I have enough time to do my hobbies. Because yeah. um, a lot of the time I think that, um, you know, productivity of workplace stuff seems to trump seems to trump your own actual enjoyment of stuff and your own hobbies. It's like um, uh, Jake Humphreys was saying, um, uh, he came on, he's come on the podcast, I'm not sure exactly whether that's before or after this episode going out, but he was saying, like, show me your diary and I'll show you your um, priorities. Mm. And, like, if you're not diarising time and, and making time for the things you enjoy, then actually what you're saying and signalling to yourself and the world is actually what you're doing is you're prioritising just your workspace. So I guess that's... That's a challenge because sometimes what happens is you try to be more productive in your work to do more work, mm. whereas actually you need to be more productive really to buy yourself more time to do the things you enjoy, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one way of thinking about it. The, the, the other way that I, I sometimes think is that <laughs> like really the, the true reward for good work is more work. Like there's that, <laughs> that phrase of, you know, let's say you had a normal job. It would be like, you know, work really hard in your nine to five so that you can become, you know, work really hard for eight hours a day so you can become the boss and then work 12 hours a day and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, I think there's like two takeaways from that. One is that like, you know, <laughs> it's worth thinking about what, what does my career trajectory look like and do I actually want it? But number two, like ideally if I can find something, like for you and I right now, the, the reward for good work is actually just the ability to do more of it. Mm. We're basically doing the stuff that we enjoy and the fact that we are successful means that we can continue doing it, which is really the reward. For us, it's not about like, I want to work less so I can spend more time playing video games or whatever. It's more like, I want to, I want to work on things I enjoy so that I can keep working on things I enjoy while also having a healthy and balanced life. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Because you go back to that point of um, being like, maximally productive is kind of like if you think of the a and e setting i mean we, we're naturally talking about hospitals a lot because of our yeah. connected uh, uh, experience i guess but you know you, if you're an a and e and you're like right i'm going to be so productive that i'm not only going to see 10 patients a day i'm going to see like 12 or 13 patients a day no matter how fast even if you were able to increase that number which is impossible to say like 100 patients a day yeah. the job is never done yeah and it, you displace work for more work to arrive it's like that um idea that you know, always give work to the busiest person because the busiest person will always get it done, mm. you know? And I think that's not, that's not a thing to say that, oh, let's all just go to work and do nothing. That's clearly because then you'll end up really demoralised, you lose a purpose and so on. But it does create a question of, like, what is the goal then in terms of your own personal life? Then, like, do you become more productive at work to have more time? How do you prevent yourself, I guess, falling down the, the pitfall of going, I'm just being more productive to do more? Like, for example, you know, I could take more team members on to do every single part of my life that is not absolutely essential, that it's, you know, Dr. Alex facing, yep. front facing stuff. That will just create more space to probably do more work, more podcasts, more books, whatever it will be, more talks. Yeah whatever it would be, how do you decide when enough's enough? And how do you mm. think, 
how do you think you create that space and protect that space to actually enjoy? So, so for example, you, you successfully gone away after part two, you started your business, you're doing three days a week. Yeah. How do you stop yourself going, oh, I've got three days a week, business going well. Maybe if I just do one more day a week, I can start another coffee shop or whatever it will be, you know? Yeah, so I think a big part of this is, is something that very few people do, which is to really think about intentional lifestyle design. What is the life you actually want? Um, you know, in the last part, we talked about this question of what would you do if money were no object? How would you use your talents to serve the world? Another good question to think about is what does my ideal Tuesday look like? The, the other question in terms of figuring out like what you actually want your life to look like is what does my ideal Tuesday look like? And what does my ideal week look like? This is not ideal as in like, I'll be in, in Barbados sipping cocktails. This is like, <laughs> what does my normal Tuesday, what does my ideal ordinary Tuesday, my ideal ordinary week look like? And really like writing that out and defining the box because in the absence of a, de of, of a definition, we will, we will do the default thing. And the default behavior when you are making money is I want to make more of it. The default behavior when something is working is let's just do more of the thing that works. But you know, <laughs> unless you keep that default behavior in check, unless you know that, okay, right now I'm actually living, living my dream life where I get to do all of the things I want to do. And I also have enough time to spend with my kids while they're still young. Fantastic. I could take on that extra project at work. And in return, I would, I would be trading off several hours with my kids. Am I willing to make that trade right now? And will making that trade take me towards the person I want to be or away from the person that I would like, actually like to be? And usually the answer is pretty clear. I had the situation a lot of times, at least in my life, um, I, I'm, I'm sure you have this as well, where the, there is often a choice between do I do a thing for the business or do I do a thing for relationships? For example, I was at this like Tony Robbins conf business conference a few months ago. It was amazing stuff. And I, I was invited to, I'd, I'd said yes to a friend's wedding in London. This conference was in Florida. And it was on the sort of penultimate day of the conference. And so to, to get back for this friend's wedding, I'd have missed two days of the conference. And the conference was really good. And I was learning all the stuff that was going to grow the business. But I said yes to this friend's wedding. Now there were like 300 people there. He's not really going to miss me. I, I could have made all these excuses of like, you know, my, I'm not actually adding very much tangible value to this wedding by being there, et cetera, et cetera. But I decided that, you know what, this is a juncture where right now I have the choice between work and relationships, and I'm going to choose to prioritize relationships because having spoken to a bunch of people way more successful and older than I am, and read a bunch of books about this, people always regret it when they don't prioritize relationships over work. But the default is to think, oh, but there's all this shiny money. All this, all this money is on offer. All this like progress is on offer. But you gotta fight the urge and focus on health, focus on relationships. Those are the things that people regret not focusing enough on. Well, I mean, I, I worked and as I mentioned earlier, I worked at King's and I did a care of the elderly job there. It's just a very common stay job for a foundation doctor. And, you know, I spent four months on the wards looking after elderly people who are at various levels of illness. And it's, it's kind of crazy, actually. It really is. People get, you know, people get very sick very quickly. And it's quite, but you also get time as well to, you know, if you're fortunate, for example, you get your jobs and you can sit down and really talk to people, which actually is the bit that you enjoy the most, actually, funny enough, about being a doctor. What I did is actually just speaking to people, learning things. And I remember speaking to quite a few people and like talking about their, their reflections on life. And often they would say, like, you know, you're a young doctor. Gosh, it's amazing. You're young and in London and, you know, enjoy yourself. And I'd always ask those kind of questions like what, you know, you are, you know, later in your life, like, what do you think when you look back? And like, what advice would you give someone my age? And it was never about money really and, I, and it's not again we're not being disparaging about the importance of money we're in the cost of living crisis i know that but honestly it's a genuine you know 
reflection is that they really never mentioned money. In fact, it was this thing we worked so much towards, they never mentioned it. What they yeah. talked about was things that they were happy and glad about were almost certainly about relationships and travel and things they remember and experiences they had. Yeah. And the things they regretted almost were certainly related to travel experiences yeah. or relationships. Yeah. It was a very common thing. Either they were very happy about these three things or they were not happy about these things. And yeah. those are the things they regretted and actually that does make you kind of then wind back to your life now and think, well, if my diary and if my life looks like it's following success or career, money is a very easy thing to point out, but you know, people, a lot of people work hard in their careers because they want to become a really good lawyer or a really good teacher or whatever it will be. Does that actually equate to what will matter when I'm 80? Yeah. Does that actually, is that going to be, or am I going to look back and think, damn, I wish I'd have actually spent a bit more time with the kids and yep. so on. That's the thing. <laughs> it always comes back to that. And so, like, you know, coming back to this topic of pro uh, productivity in our personal life, you know, the way I think of it is that to be a productive business, you need to know what your goal is and what is your plan to get there, and then what's your system for executing on that plan. GPS, goal, plan, system. This is how businesses operate. They use different terminologies. They might say vision, strategy, strategic initiative, project, whatever. But, like, fundamentally, what's the goal? What's the plan? What's the system? I think we can also be productive in our personal lives by, by thinking, for example, when it comes to my relationship with my spouse, what is the goal for 2024? What is the plan and what is the system? The goal may well be to connect on a deeper level with my spouse than I ever have before. Okay, that's a nice goal. What's the plan? What are the three to five big things that I could do to make progress towards that? Well, you know what? Let's get a relationship therapist. Because why not? Let's go on a relationships retreat. Let's make sure we have at least one date night every week, just the two of us. We'll get a babysitter for the kids or whatever that might be. And then you ask yourself, if I were to do these things, would it get me pretty close to my goal of a more connected relationship with my spouse? The answer is probably yes. So fantastic. Good. Now what's the system to make sure I actually do the things that I have said I'm going to do? Well, let's block out date night in the calendar and put it as a recurring Google Calendar invite with him or her CC'd on the email so that they're also on the invite so it's always in our calendar. Let's kind of set up some systems to make sure we can find the right babysitter. Let's turn that into a bit of a project that we're doing together to kind of interview babysitters and all that kind of stuff. Let's do a bit of exploration maybe sometime next week on what kind of relationship retreats can we go on because these are a thing. I've spoken to a few friends. They said they're really good. It's like you start systemizing the things that are going to get you to this outcome which is a deeper and more connected relationship with your spouse. And we do this in business all the time. Anyone, who, anyone who's good at running a business runs their business based on goals, plans, systems, and then metrics that they, that they review on a weekly basis to make sure they're on track. And it, it amazes me why we don't think that this is a normal thing to do in our personal lives, because that is how we make progress towards the goals that actually matter to us. If we don't think about these things and we just think, well, productivity is just for work and like relationships should just be natural. It's like, all right, good luck with that. <laughs> if you're one of the very, very, very lucky few you have a thriving relationship in a very natural way. And if you're like most people, the relationship is kind of hard and it takes intentionality and effort to take it in the direction that you actually want because, you know, the law of entropy, uh, you know, left to its own devices, everything decays over time. You have to put in active effort to make something grow. You have to water plants to make them grow. They don't just grow on their own. You have to actively improve a relationship for it to grow. It doesn't just happen on its own. So I think that's where really the principles of productivity can also apply to our personal life. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. 
because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Gosh, that's a great example. And as I'm listening, I think the way that most people could think that they, you know, most people can relate to that they probably do use GPS or something similar in their own lives is when you look at the gym and exercise. Because people, you know, you think, right, that applies to business. But actually... You know, most people who are consistent with exercise over months or years, like I've been consistently exercising now for about 18 months, longest period of time in my life, I've been really consistent with my exercise, really enjoying it. And actually, I've, I've applied that. My goal was to be fitter and healthier. Um, you know, on my, my plan was to go to the gym, you know, three to four times a week, um, you know, doing various forms of exercise that I enjoy. The system that I did and I've had with that is that I block diary time uh, for the gym. Yeah. You know, I do um, classes that I enjoy because I know I'm going to keep going back to them. and I stay accountable with my friends, my family and even online as well that I'm exercising and running and, and so on. So we do that with exercise quite a lot. So what you're saying is actually taking that same kind of approach to your own personal life. What, what about people say, well, to your relationships and stuff, what about people that might say, well, that sounds a little bit like organised fun, which sounds boring. Does it, does that, you know, if you have to do that, does it mean that the spark is gone, for example? I know you're not here as a, you know, relationship coach, but you have done psychology, so <laughs> putting you on the spot. Yeah. And um, can that take the fun out of it if it becomes a little like, bit kind yeah, of like Yeah, the, the, the spark in any relationship goes after about two years. Uh, <laughs> trying, to, trying to keep the spark alive is not really a thing. Uh, if you listen to the people who know what they're talking about, this stuff, Esther Perel, John and Julie Gottman, who do research on this stuff and are professional like therapists who sort of analyze couples and see what keeps them together, they say it is rituals and repeated rituals with intentionality. Like, that is one example, of the big things. Like, like yeah. we mentioned, we, we, we love our tennis. Like if you say, like Thursday mornings, every week we play tennis together as a couple. Yeah. That's an example of an engaged amount of time that you're doing almost ritualistic or Sundays you always go for Sunday roast at this specific pub. That you yeah, always it's just creating rituals around your life. It's, it's easy enough hanging out with your friends when you're at university. When you all have jobs, it's a lot harder. It takes someone to organize it and to send calendar invites and to make sure they've sent out a doodle poll to make sure we've got a time that everyone can do. Is that taking the spark out of friendship? Sure, <laughs> but if you're relying on the spark to keep friendships alive, you're not going to have any friends. So no, perhaps it, <laughs> it takes when some you logistics. Said that, you know, yeah. when you said that the spark ends after two years, the natural, yeah. natural thing that probably happened to a lot of people listening then, including me, was thinking, oh, that's kind of sad. But actually, it's not sad. It actually means that you're working towards something that matters. It means that actually, okay, the spark's gone. So you're not just relying on pure luck or pure just innate feeling yeah. to dictate your success of your relationship. You're actually being intentional about your relationship, which actually it's not a negative thing. It's a positive thing. You've got two people or whatever who are saying, I'm now going to actually work towards this because it's something I think is valuable. Yeah, and this, yeah, yeah, the spark turns into a flame and the flame gets kind of built up over time and burns way brighter than the spark ever could. You're a romantic. The spark is nothing compared to the flame. Are you a romantic man, would you say? Absolutely. I love this shit. <laughs> Romance is not yeah. dead in 20- 
2024. It's, yeah, good, it's good news, up. everyone. So as we come to the end of this episode, we're going to do a health fact a week in the moment. I just wonder if I'd ask you then, you know, with, with everything that you've learned, you look back on all the things you've learned in your life and also, you know, since the time you've been like dedicated towards YouTube and your own growth and business yeah. and all those things, what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've learned? You know, you're a person who loves learning lessons, right? Mm. Fundamentally, you love learning, you love knowledge. What's the biggest broad lesson that you've learned? And what pops to mind? You think, do you know what? I really hold on to that. It's something I live by. Be big mm. or small? Honestly, it's really that thing we were talking about in part one. Like, whatever you're doing, find a way to be engaged with it and to enjoy the process along the way. Because if you're doing that, you can't go very far wrong. Even if you decide that that's not going to involve setting up a side hustle or a business or whatever, great. If you're like enjoying what you're doing in your day job and you're enjoying your time after work and you're enjoying the time with your family and being present, like that's what life is all about. Um, I don't know, I've, I've been on a bit of a spirituality uh, hunt recently. I've yeah. been reading, rereading The Power of Now and Waking Up by Sam Harris and things. Best book of all time, Power of Now. I hate to say it, I didn't know your book is fantastic. <laughs> Power of Now, but I can't tell whether oh, you're no. spiritual, oh. religious or not. Yeah. I think it's really was a pivotal moment in, I think, modern psychology and yeah. modern understanding of purpose and presenteeism. And everyone goes, oh, Power of Now is obvious. Actually, when you read The Power of Now, you do genuinely go on a bit of a journey. It tricks you, it cons you. It tricks you. And as yeah. you go through, you realize your own uh, learnt, misheld beliefs, which is fascinating. Exactly. So, yeah, just stuff like, you know, life has lived in the present moment. And all of this striving that we do to be more productive or to do more or to have more money really is just in service of future p present moments that we think will be more pleasant. But, you know, as you said, the things that make you happy are being able to have free time to do what you want, like walking the dog, playing tennis, doing this podcast. These are things that broadly don't cost very much, except maybe this podcast. Because the people that accept the podcast, yeah, it just does cost a lot of yeah. money. But I love, and it's interesting because people would often think like, it's like, oh, Alex, you know, you went on this show, and the police that I you know, mentioned about the the show and stuff like that, and that you can, you know, get all these followers, you do all these different things, get offered all these free things, like I get offered holidays, whatever it might be. Honestly, that stuff isn't what's important. I'm literally walking in a park. It's kind of cold with someone I'm learning from. It's aside to forget the cost of recording this and stuff. It's actually free what we're doing right now. We're yeah. just talking. I'm connecting with something. Yeah. I'm learning with someone. It's really fascinating, isn't it? That fundamentally it is. It's the small things, the mundane, finding joy in the mon what would be perceived as like the little mundane things, and actually you know realizing that it is the journey. You know, you said it, and you've said it before many times that you know many of the people you've known have sold massive companies and businesses. Go, oh gosh, that's miserable. Now I've sold it. That's gutting. I want to start another one. Yeah. Why did they start another one? Because it's the journey. Yeah. You know, why would someone with a hundred million pounds in the bank start another business? Why would they? Business is stressful. It's so stressful. Even if you've got loads of money, there are still human stresses that are going to happen. Employing people stress. We've got to worry about them. You know, number one thing I've learned being an employer is that when you employ people you take on their family their worries their health their insecurities you you become almost like a big brother in many ways i think certainly if you're a good boss you do because you care about the people that work for you and you realize that that adds stress so if you're going to start a new business the 100 million quid in the bank yeah. you must like the process that's the thing and you know people have one kid it's very stressful and they're like let's have another one why would they do that it's more stressful having two kids it's more stressful having three or four <laughs> Most people are like, you know, once they have one, <laughs> one kid, some of them are like, yeah, we want to stop, but other yeah, people will yeah. continue. Because avoiding stress is not the goal. Enjoying the present moment in the stress or like in the rain or whatever the phrase we want to use. Dancing I think that's the, rain, yeah. that's the thing, dancing in the rain. Process and learning. You're a very wise person. Yeah, Thanks, well, let's, let's do our um, health fact of the week, nice. which hopefully is nice and factual. 
Hopefully. It usually is. We'll usually, although we have it a fun. Sometimes we put ones that are a little bit question yeah. factual, but they're quite mm -hmm. fun. Um, uh, but we do point those ones out. So let's do our health fact of the week. So if you're having a particularly stressful time in your life, you may notice your more breakouts on your skin. Stress doesn't directly cause acne. However, studies have shown that if, you're all, if you already have acne, stress does make it worse. Uh, researchers have found that wounds, including acne, heal much slower when a person is under stress, which means they stay on your face for longer. It's a good reminder that stress can impact our body in many ways, physically as well as mentally, and how important it is that we are looking after and dealing with stress in our lives. I mean, we know this actually scientifically, you know, the, the you know, pro-inflammatory, pro pro-stress state physiologically impacts healing in all kinds of ways, right? Yeah. It impacts illness. I mean, you know, stress can cause things like heart disease and so on, can't it? So, of course, things like skin and, and so on, if you're stressed, yes, it doesn't cause acne per se, but of mm. course it can make that worse, can't it? Yeah, and like, actually speaking to what we were talking about in part one, uh, finding a way to feel good actually reduces your stress levels. Mm. There's something called the undoing hypothesis. They've done studies where they get people into a lab, they stress them out by telling them that they're about to do a public talk or whatever, and then they measure their, like, skin conductance and their sweat response and the heart rate and everything, and then they'll, like, play them some different types of films where like some of the films are like really feel-goody type films and some of the films are like stressful and some of the films are scary and they find that the people who watched the feel-good films their stress response actually goes back to baseline quicker than the people that watched the other the neutral or the or the stressful mm. films so like I don't, I don't know who said this but i heard a phrase recently which is it is very hard to feel stressed and grateful at the same time it's like if you like if you are feeling stressed in a moment you can actually flood out the stress by engaging with the present moment, by trying to feel good, by being grateful to what you already have. And it's very difficult to feel stressed or angry in those situations. I do it a lot. I use one of the techniques I use a lot is gratitude to combat stress. So I've actually had a very stressful, like what could be a very stressful week with lots of things that have happened that I've had to deal with lots of challenges, just lots of micro macro challenges, which could cause a lot of stress. Yeah. But each time they've appeared, I've gone, I'm grateful. This either has taught me something or given an opportunity to deal with it, or yeah. I'm just grateful that I even get to have these stresses. And that is the same experience causing a different result. And actually, I mean, I've got a wearable uh, tech watch. I'm wearing uh, Whoop at the moment. People have got lots of different variations it measures this can measure stress so if you're looking at uh, uh, a stress you find that sometimes you'll look at the stress um, levels of the device whatever device you're using and the same same thing that you're doing causes different amounts of stress which is like hang on shouldn't i have if i'm the same same activity should cause the same amount of stress right you'd kind of that would make sense but actually so much of it is actually state of mind like if i have to sit down and i've got to write an essay if i sit down and write that essay with a feel-good mindset feeling good gratitude positive blah 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 that's fun equals low stress on my monitor versus sitting down going this is hell i'm so annoyed it's crap i feel awful i'm so stressed it's awful obviously your stress is higher yeah interesting isn't it so much of it is a story we tell ourselves exactly exactly yeah. Ali, it's been an absolute pleasure having you. I'm certain everyone's ordered a copy of the book if they haven't read it already. I mean, you're, you're such, as I said, a wise person and you share very honestly as well. I think the beauty in your book is, is you're not lecturing people. Actually, you're really showing a human element as you're telling the story. So thank you for, for doing that. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing so honestly on uh, YouTube for so long. I mean, you know, a lot of people would like, God, he's brave talking about money, finances, what's going out, what's good to you last year, this kind of thing. You're a very open person. Obviously, as you probably learn in time, you do you know you learn and you, where you want where you want to be with that how open you really want to be but uh, it's very much appreciated to people watching and following. Really so thank it. you yeah. thank you for joining us where, where are you nomading to next where's, the, where's the next sunny Bali I think oh. Bali is the next place in about a month so very different no yeah. hats required there no hats required this is why I don't have a hat right now I've been in sunny places and I'm back in London <laughs>
I basically yeah. <laughs> before before you did the stomp cast, you were actually thinking, oh, I'll just stick around somewhere cold. You had a cold walk and you're like, I'm going to Bali. That's made your decision. Thinking Bali you. might be the way to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. So everyone make sure you get a copy of the book, you know, follow on the YouTube channel. Honestly, there's so much content there. Whether you want to improve your productivity, you actually just want to feel a bit happier and better, more assured in your life, follow um, Ali there and uh, check out the Instagram as well, of course. Take care, everyone. We'll see you on behind the stomp cast. If you haven't subscribed that already, it's over on Apple. Um, you basically you can do a free trial for a month or it's you know three three pound four pound ish a month uh, once the free trial ends so we reflect on the episode which is having uh, and also you've got dr alex's diaries access to that that goes out every single uh, thursday take care everyone we've come to the end of the episode and goodbye Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.